This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome to the 62nd episode of Kiwi and the Bird, Book Nerds in Session. I'm Taylor. I'm Kami. And in this episode, we're going to go into an in-depth discussion about the enthralling and entangling This Woven Kingdom by Tahara Mafi. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Here's how our book discussions work. We're going to try to fit in all of our thoughts and feelings for This Woven Kingdom in just half an hour. If you like this episode, or this show, or what we do, we'd love to have your support. Donating to Kiwi and the Bird helps us so much. It keeps the show running, aids with giveaways and other fun activities, and enables us to grow. If you're interested, you're welcome to click on the link in the episode description below, or visit our Venmo, which is also at Kiwi and the Bird. Now, as we discuss everything about this Woven Kingdom, and I mean everything, here's your one and only... Spoiler, spoiler alert! Kami, would you like to give us a spoiler alert sound effect? You know what, Tay? You know what I think we could do? Oh, I no. think we could just put a soundbite of the 15 minutes of laughing that we've had today. <laughs> and that could just be our spoiler alert effect. Let's just say that saying this intro for some reason has been a bit difficult for us. It has literally taken us like, oh, it's only been 10 minutes. Why has it felt like 20? <laughs> but we'll add in a laugh effect from a clip of us laughing right now. <laughs> And now, on to the show. Now, as per tradition, per tradition, if you joined us for our book discussion, which you should have, <laughs> we always like to start things out, which is with what is the most important part of the story. Of any story ever. It's not the characters. No. It's not the plot. <laughs> it should have been. It's not the ending. Yeah. It's the romance. Of every time. Because the romance is what really it's, gets us going. It's the draw. It's the draw. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you guys listen back, um, the only reason why we chose a magic steeped in poison way back when was because there was a line of a love interest who was handsome. Yeah. That was literally it. And this book had something very similar in its synopsis, I believe. Yeah. Like, we, like if you just put in the word handsome male lead, we usually just flock to it. it, it our expectations are really quite low we're sheep yeah we're love sheep so Um. let's talk about the romance of this book (laughs) as love sheep as love sheep um it was was kind of (laughs) quick yeah it was slow and steady and then quick well i mean the actual book itself like this woven kingdom is a pretty like chunky book she thick (laughs) (laughs) she got that chunk of chunks (laughs) (laughs) it's a pretty and but the, the actual story, I think, takes place within, like, a week or two, if I remember correctly. Mm. Which is not a lot of time. I've, in fact, I'm pretty sure it's, like, a week. <laughs> it gets shorter the more we go on. We're like, oh, it's actually only been 13 hours. <laughs> but, like, with the romance, I think, for me, the biggest thing was I didn't have, like, the most attraction towards our male lead, Comron. 
Like, he was fine. He was just a little inconsistent in his character. <laughs> he had some funny lines. He did have some funny lines. He was the comic relief character without, like, actually being the comic relief character. <laughs> he was ironically. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, for me, I'm... The one thing I did like about the romance was Tahara Mafi has an older style of writing. Like, it's those... It was the... She obviously has been in the YA game for a long time. And I think... This style kind of reverts back to more like 2014-ish, um, which I really appreciate because you see a lot of the dialogue between the characters. I feel like in new books these days, the dialogue feels very different. It's much more staccatoed, and it's you don't get like those lengthy ones where you like you see the characters interact with each other. And I think that is one of the things of the romances that I personally really liked because there's a scene where Comrade and Elise are in the house, in the noble's house where she works, and, like, the scene where he has to, like, go search her house, well, search her room, essentially, and he's, like, completely unashamed about it, <laughs> which is the funny part. Yeah, she catches him, and he's like, yeah, by the way, I'm just here to look through some things. <laughs> like, you can step out for a second if you need to. Um, but, like, that whole scene of, like, her falling, like, her vulnerabilities, like, that whole... The whole scene, I think, actually takes about 30 or 40 pages, mm. which is a late. That's a like, that's a pretty chunk. It's Sh- a chunk. That scene be thick. Exactly. And I think that that is part of what I miss because I miss seeing the characters interact because that's also like mostly what you're looking for. I mean, obviously, it's like the, it has to further the plot, but like seeing the characters interact with each other was really exciting for me. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point about how what was really the great part about those like early 2010s to now stories is that you really did you got to see the characters evolve through conversation, get to know each other more through conversation. I think nowadays a lot of things are kind of pushed through faster, which I think there's benefits and drawbacks to both sides of writing, of course. And with this story, you do get those long periods of time where it is just the two characters interacting, where it is, like, not getting to the point immediately, but you kind of have the natural flow of conversation because when humans talk, you know, when you and I talk, it takes us a long time <laughs> to kind of reach the center of a conversation because it's realistic. I mean, mm-hmm. obvi- usually there's tangents and, you know, little distractions and things like that. So I like that we do get that in the conversations romantically, that we do kind of get to see the characters kind of skirt outside each other before they get to their centers. I think for me, the main thing with the romance, maybe it wasn't even necessarily the romance itself, but more so the characters. Like you said, I do wish that Comron was a little bit more consistent because he does become suddenly really flirty and smooth with Elise when he's actually, he kind of has a hard time communicating with people outside because he's super stone cold and serious and very... Angry. Angry. <laughs> and so I do wish that we had seen through conversations her coax that more out of him, like that flirtatious side, rather than it coming so easily to him. And the same thing with Elise. Obviously, she has this big secret that she's hiding and she's never really been able to get close to people before. I would have liked if maybe something about him had made her feel more safe to open up rather than more so it seems like the circumstances kind of made that happen. But one of my favorite scenes with them personally was the rain scene mm. where Comron uh, catches up with Elise outside in the rain. She was almost murdered. 
just a little bit. But he's looking at her in the rain, and he's seeing her full face for the first time. And he's seeing the water fall down her skin, and he's looking into her eyes. And I feel like the way that was written was really well done because it really felt like time was slowed down. I felt like the raindrops were falling slowly and that I could kind of see and take in every moment. And I really liked how he was thinking about her in that moment. I was like, oh, okay, that's really cute. (laughs) Okay, Kamran. And so I think it was the moments like that that I was like, okay, I'm interested in in the sequel that's coming out. Yeah, I think their chemistry wasn't bad, but it just didn't quite reach what I wanted it to. Mm. Like I would like that scene. I really did like that scene. Again, water makes things sexier. I cannot like it's it's a known fact. I really think it's the most important thing you've said today, and Thank that's you. actually not even a joke. That's <laughs> legit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like they did have those good moments, but I think in their first kiss, like I didn't get that the butterflies in the stomach, mm. you know. Like, not that Tahara Mafi didn't write it well. Like, she writes kiss scenes well. Like, I remember reading the Shatter Me series, and while I didn't like either of the love interests, the kiss scenes, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And Ignite Me, I was like, whoa, I am ignited. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's not that she doesn't write it well. It's just, like, the actual scene. But it's just the whole tension between the characters and building it up that I think kind of fell short for me. Yeah, it's like I liked the individual moments but then when I look at it all across the board I do wish the kiss kind of felt sudden to me mm-hmm. because they hadn't actually had that much physical intimacy up to that point yeah and then all of a sudden she was in his lap and things were happening in the dark in the dark <laughs> <laughs> and so I actually I, it's almost like I wish they didn't kiss in this book yes yeah I wish we had just gotten like him catching her when she falls and like raising her waist Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the the long looks across the room, right? Because at the end of the book, they're at, like, the party, right, where um, Kamran is choosing his brides, or is <laughs> the brides are getting chose for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, where she pops up. Like, I really like that scene because you see Kamran just, like, get completely distracted by her presence. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like those scenes instead because that's, that, that's the build-up towards it. With the romance, too, I think... There were a lot of starts to potential love triangles slash love pentagon <laughs> slash 3D sphere, <laughs> which I kind of wish if Tahara Mafi is going to do it in these infinite threads, which is the sequel that comes out, I believe this month. It is this month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish I'd seen more of the love triangle or like mm. the beginnings of one. Mm. Maybe with one specific person instead of potentially three. <laughs> because I wanted, because I had the inkling that um, Hazan was Elise's childhood best friend. And yeah. when it was revealed that he was helping her, I was like, okay, I like this. I like the best friend to the prince kind of being her love interest. Like, mm-hmm. I really like that dynamic. And so I was like, okay, I'm intrigued by this. But then that one kind of fell off the table for me. Yeah. And then she literally gets swept away by a dragon and a foreign <laughs> <laughs> and a foreign ruler at the end of the book. So I was like, okay, Cyrus is the love triangle. But based on Tahara Mafi's um writing, or like based on like what I've seen from her, I don't think it'll be Cyrus. Who the foreign ruler. I think it's going to be the devil. She tends mm. to like the one who has the most authority. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
So if 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 a love triangle is going to happen, mm. maybe a love square. <laughs> I would guess it's between Hazan and the devil. Oh, you don't think Cyrus is in it? No. Oh. How does Hazan reach the other kingdom though? We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guess. I could be completely wrong <laughs> If if the devil does have the potential to possibly be in the love square. Pentagon, triangle, shape. <laughs> Just any shape. Yeah. Then I do wish that he was integrated a little bit more throughout this book. Even without being a love interest, I do yeah. wish he was more thoroughly integrated. Because he seemed more like a deity than a presence. Well, and also not very um, malevolent to me if he's kind of helping her out. He's like, yeah, I'm showing you visions of your future. You're welcome. He's like, by the way, the king is killing children. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, since we're talking about the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, great segue. Let's chat about the side characters in this book. Honestly, I really liked Hazan. I really did. Um, I was like the little plot twist of him being um, Elise's like childhood best friend and him actually helping Jin. Like you kind of question like, is he a Jin himself? Question mark. Like he, he has a lot of intrigue in his character. And so I was like, yes, like, I love him being like, like the, the juxtaposition of him being like the strict counselor slash friend to the prince versus the one who's helping his literal enemy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that, like he has a lot of intrigue to his character and I love the way Tahara Mafi wrote him. I do wish we did see him more in the story though, because we see him a lot in the first half and like you said, he kind of like falls off the table in the second half until right about the end where he kind of makes an appearance and then she's again swept off in a dragon (laughs) with a foreign ruler yeah i liked his on too because he does he has like a certain warmth to him where like he kind of tries to connect with people he's obviously tried for a long time to connect with comron which has been a hard task but i like that he does sincerely care about people and that even though he does care about comron he also wants to follow his duty and his heart and what he thinks is right as well, even if that's in contradiction to someone he loves. And I do hope he is, if there is a love triangle, love square, love shape, that I do hope he's a part of it. Yeah, he's a cutie pie. I feel like I would root for him. Yeah, he's like the cinnamon roll of the story. Yeah, but he also kills people. <laughs> a, a deadly cinnamon roll. <laughs> um, there's also the kid whose name I can't remember. Was it Omar? Omid. We finally found out his name. <laughs> Did a bit of research. <laughs> With Omid, um, I felt like he was a bit like of a plot device instead mm. of a character. He was just kind of like thrown in there. <laughs> I mean, if we had learned more about like his race, the Feshtun, maybe through him and maybe like how that um, kind of like takes a place in the political intrigue. I would have liked it better for his character, but he was just kind of there as a plot to us. And I was like, you poor kid, you're like 12, but like massive. 
I think with Omid, like he, I did like that he was, you know, innocent and that Elise saw that he was innocent and didn't want to just condemn him based off one action. But I do think he could have been utilized a little bit more. He definitely is a little bit more of a convenient way to bring two certain people together. Um, but he did have really big information That's about true. the king and That's what happens true. to... I forgot that. <laughs> what happens to children who are taken off the street. And so eaten I know that... by snakes. Eaten by snakes. In um, king's shoulders. In the king's shoulders. And so I know that we get hints of that from him, but I just don't think it was brought up quite enough to kind of make his character a little bit more grounded than the story and then make the ending a little bit more, wait, what? Oh, wait, we already did that? You know, yeah. like I still had that where I was like, okay, they did mention, it was mentioned that mm-hmm. their children were scared to go in prison. And the vision that Elise had at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, with Omid, it would have been a great way for him to kind of take a bigger place in the story by kind of relaying that or give me more information, even to Elise, if he felt more comfortable with her being like, you know, I can't go uh, something with the king, like a little bit more of a hint, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of the king, I actually really did like his character or I would (laughs) have. Well, I liked what I really, I think one of my favorite things about the story was the complicated nature of Kamran and the king's relationship. And that, um, you know, Kamran obviously had his really traumatic experience of his father dying in battle and his beheaded head being sent in a carriage and Kamran seeing it and then jumping into the river, whole thing. (laughs) Um, So basically, like, the king, Kamran's grandfather, had to raise him. And so they kind of have, like, the, that paternal connection, but it's also, like, the king is very, he's very law-abiding, he's very kind of, like, strict with Things like that. So he's like, I am the king first. I'm not your grandfather. I'm the king first. But then at the end, we kind of see, like, the king kind of took on this terrible curse from the devil to prolong his life, Mm. specifically for Comron. So I kind of wish with the king we saw more of the softer side of him before the ending. But I, like, again, like I said, like, I liked the complicated relationship between Comron and the king. Yeah, I think that the king was a really great way to u- to show how a side character can be utilized to add interest to a main character. How having that bond and relationship can show like how someone thinks a certain way. Like obviously, the king is a big factor in why Comron is who he is and the fact that Comron is so obedient. You know, Comron was willing to let Elise die because of his grandfather because he was ordered to. I think with the king, like you said, I wish there was a little bit more of a hint, again, of his involvement with the devil. (laughs) Um, I wish even if it had just been that, like, he was always known for having really bad health, that he should have died years ago, Mm. but made a miraculous recovery. Even I think something really small like that could be something in a reader's mind where it's not really noticeable at first, but then when you read the end and you're like, oh, that's why this and this, and he he made a deal with the devil, literally. Um, but I did like how his character impacted other people. Yeah, I like that he was a character in his own right, mm. but still, like, kind of, he was a supporting character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do think with, like, seeing his softer side also probably would have made his death at the end a little bit more, like, heart-wrenching. True, yeah. If, like, 
if maybe just a few times. So he do, he doesn't have to do it often. He took off like the shroud of the king and was like, "I'm I love you. <laughs> I'm proud <laughs> of like, you. Well, maybe a little bit. I maybe care for you." <laughs> <laughs> um, but one side character where I was a little confused as to why they were involved was uh Huda, the noble, the ba- the bastard noble lady, who Elise kind of makes a dress for. Um, and kind of like bonds, but also slash kidnaps her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was very confused as to her involvement. I, I'm assuming she's going to be like the best friend character to like the romance, Mm -hmm. but like in terms of the story, I don't see her value. Yeah. Like plot wise. Mm -hmm. I think the hard thing for me with um, her is that she was introduced pretty late in the story. She was. I mean, we have mentioned that Elise's making dresses for her, but we don't even meet her until like the final third. Of Chunk. The, yeah. <laughs> she thick. <laughs> uh, and so, and the fact that Elise, like they kind of do bond, but then I still feel like Huda kind of treats her not really like a friend. And so it's kind of hard for me to see, like, that they are friends at the end of the book. Well, yeah, I think they could be. It's, like, the starts of their friendship, but it's also, like, they've known each other for, like, two days. Yeah. And um, who'd have thought that Elise was a servant and then figured out she's a lost princess, and so she doesn't quite know, like, how to interact with her. Yeah. Plus, like, she has to deal with a foreign ruler who's actually an enemy of her country. Yeah. (laughs) And so... I think for me, I like she might also be like the comic relief character, mm. which I mean, she is kind of entertaining in that way. True, like her whole interaction with Cyrus at the end, I was like, yeah, it's pretty entertaining. <laughs> but like story wise, I like, guess I didn't understand why, like why she was introduced. Yeah, it was like she was entertaining, and like I could, I mean, I could see where it could go, but I don't plot wise, like very indifferently wise, she didn't quite have value. Yeah. Now, the next thing on our list is just what we kind of want to throw in. Our favorite things, the things we might have not liked as much. Just just things. things. Yeah, just things. Things. Anything could fall under this. Maybe we don't even talk about the book. <laughs> we <laughs> Maybe just we just go on a random tangent. Yeah, this is like our little free space. This is our creative time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This is our recess. (laughs) So one of the things that I really appreciate about this book, because I feel like it's really hard to translate things like this in a fantasy story and to make people care about it. It's really hard to care about things that don't exist. You do have to put a lot of value and you have to really make it important to the characters for the reader, for the reader to understand how important it is. And I think the author did a really good job of making the politics both understandable but then also very important, the politics between the gin and the clay, the bo- powerful and the powerless, essentially. I, I was actually going to say the same thing. I think um, the lore of the world was very intriguing to me because it felt very original. Um, I believe this book was based on Persian mythology. Um, and I loved the idea of the gin and, like, I thought that, like, that was really creative, you know, with, like, um, Lise having blood like water 
and like her abilities and how they seem human, but not quite. And like, I liked seeing, I liked that we saw the backstory of it. We saw like the original Jin, we saw how the devil was involved. And I really loved the way that she built that world. I mean, again, from a recommendation, I wasn't quite sure whether this was like European based mm. in terms of like architecture, aesthetically or anything, which I wish would have been a bit better. But in terms of just like the straight lore, I really enjoyed reading it and it really intrigued me and I think it really added to the story. Um, I mean, I already said this in the recommendation, but there's just something about the way that why authors who have been in the writing, who have been writing way for a very long time, there's a certain way that they write, which I really, really miss. Like, I saw it with Holly Black in The Stolen Air. I'm seeing it now with Tahara Mafi and this one. It's just like the way that they write is just so much more. And in, in, in it, it, it's, this is going to sound weird, but it's much more concise and yet much more explanatory. In that, like, I can actually see everything. Like, I don't have to. I don't have to, like, jump to conclusions with things. I don't have to, like, fill things in for myself that should have been there at a, on a foundational level. Like, I'm just being told the story. Yeah, I think it's kind of like that, like you said, it was that age where, like, stories were thick and enveloping and very detailed and thorough, but also not in a way that was dragging or hard to understand. There was that very strange but beautiful balance of good flow and good characters and really unique and memorable stories, all while it being very accessible to the young adult audience at the same time. And so it is fun to see those authors coming back with new series and with new stories and kind of getting back that feeling of that time because we were like peak young adult age when those stories first came out. So we grew up with that. We know that writing style. And so it is interesting to see definitely how nowadays there is, it's weird because I don't know if I can like directly pinpoint the difference between the writing styles Dialogue, world building. Um. <laughs> You're like, I can pinpoint it. <laughs> I can. I really can. <clears throat> but I won't. You continue. <laughs> um, between kind of the stories now versus the stories then. But it is strange because it, there really is a feeling like it's hard to go out of the story. Where like you stop reading and you kind of have to blink a few times to reorient yourself with the world. And I miss that feeling because it yeah. is such a powerful feeling. Like that is true escapism is when like you have a hard time reorient reorienting yourself. And so it was nice to do with that with this book. Yeah. Like I like not having to be taken out of the book or the story because I can't see where I am because the dialogue um, isn't quite flowing or I'm, I'm, I'm lost in like where the plot is going. Like with these authors, like they just do it, they write it in a way where you're not even thinking about it. You're just going along with it. And so for me to read this book, I like, it kind of like got me, even though the story wasn't my favorite and I have like my little things here and there, like this book, like made me want to like read more, Mm. you know? And that's exactly what a book should do. Yeah. It opens up worlds. Mm -hmm. Okay, and now we're going to take just a couple of minutes uh, to talk about the ending. Yeah, three minutes to sort out what we feel. Oh my gosh, there was so much in the ending. Like, I don't know how we're going to do this. 
we always say this every single time we go over and then we go, oh my goodness, we went over because we were talking about this. But the ending, obviously, a lot happens. There's the um, ballroom scene, basically. Comron's expected to marry. Meanwhile, Elise is surprisingly there, and there's this mysterious person she's with who's apparently pr- uh, King or Prince Cyrus? King. King Cyrus, who is a foreign king who... Of the enemy state. Of the enemy state. And then all of a sudden, she gets kidnapped by a dragon? Well, first... <laughs> <laughs> Like there's this whole like this whole thing like the ball scene is basically like the like what everything's coming to right like Carmen has to choose a bride because his grandfather is dying and like he's kind of being forced into it. Um, Elise is going to the ball so she can be taken um, to the people who are going to take care of her where she can learn how to be the ruler of Jin. Um, and so the gut so she thinks it's Hazan who's like sending her like the magical shoes and the beautiful dress and everything, but it's not. It's a it's Cyrus the. Ruler of the enemy state. <laughs> um, and so they, they kind of, like, show up and, like, Kamran, like, he, you see, like, he really cares for Elise kind of quickly. A little lusty. <laughs> but we're not going to, we're going to ignore that. Um, he sees her, gets distracted. Like, he doesn't know what she's doing there. And, like, you kind of, like, learn from Kamran's perspective. Like, oh, that's the foreign ruler. Like, oh, okay. Okay, things are happening. Why are you hanging out with the king of the enemy state? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and, like, conversations are happening between Hazan. You see a lot of interactions with characters. Um, and then you discover that King Zal um, has been eating street children. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, feeding them to his little shoulder snakes. To prolong his life. Yes. So that Kamran wouldn't have to be a ruler of this giant country by himself, right? So he'd get be prepared. Um, there's a ring of fire. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Kamran's like fighting <laughs> Cyrus because Cyrus gets really annoyed with Huda. <laughs> Elise jumps in, like everyone's like, why aren't you getting burned by the fire? <laughs> and then that's when the dragon comes in and kind of like takes over everything. And does he say, I'm going to marry you? I don't think he says he's going to marry her, but he kind of like whisks her away and there's like flirtation at the end. And then like, <laughs> nothing like some dragon flirting. <laughs> and like... You you can see like Cyrus is um you figure out he's associated with the devil Ibles mm. I believe his name is, um because he's like I think Cyrus says the line like oh I'm not the one who's pulling the strings or something like that something yeah. along those lines, and so then you're like oh no <laughs> she was just whisked away on a dragon. <laughs> I mean from your hilariously apt description a lot happens in the ending, <laughs> and I mean there are okay so. There were, were a few moments I really loved. I loved when um, Kamran saw Elise and he came up to her and he's like, tell me you're here for me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but just the fact that he said it, I was like, oh, okay, that was pretty he cool. He was so hopeful. He was really. And then he got dashed. Like his hopes got dashed so yeah. fast. I was like, oof, watching that. Yeah. <laughs> watching it, <laughs> reading it. Because you, re- you read it in a way you feel like you're watching it. <laughs> yes. And I mean, I, I do... I like the King's All reveal because, you know, it does take this character. Like, it, it makes sense for his character. I do wish it was foreshadowed a bit more, but I did like it. I did like how that kind of explains things a bit more about how, why he's so concerned with Comron being a really good ruler. I'm not going to lie. The dragon kind of came out of nowhere for me. <laughs> I didn't even know dragons existed right? in this world. And then I was like, then we just shrek shrek this? And a dragon literally came in through the ceiling. I was like, 
<laughs> what? <laughs> I think that was, I, I think we were under the assumption that Cyrus, that there is more magic in this world than we think there is. Yeah. I think that, that the dragon was supposed to fall under that, right? But I was like, that's a living, 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 living creature. Yeah, it really is. Like Cyrus had done some magic before and you're like, how is he doing that? He shouldn't be able to do it. But yeah, the dragon really takes you by surprise. I was like, then I saw her face. Da, 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 da. <laughs> That's why I was also confused. I was like, again, where are we with the European versus like Middle Eastern setting? <laughs> and where do dragons come into play with that? Yeah. Um. So yeah, a lot of ha- a lot happens in the end. A lot of people die. In the end. Yes. Yes. Wait, doesn't didn't Hazan die? Wait, what? Don't do this to me. No, he didn't. Didn't he? Wait, why would he? How? Someone died. Someone other than the king died. There were multiple deaths. I don't think Kazan died. Someone did. Because I think it'd be pretty devastating to Lise because he was her childhood friend. I don't think he's dead. I think Kamran figured out that Hazan's been helping Elise because Elise was like, thanks for the help, basically. I'm pretty sure. We're going to have to read the ending again. I think we remember if he died. I don't actually, I don't know. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know Ophelia died in Hamlet. There was a lot that happened. So I wouldn't be surprised if we forgot. Mm. Um, a lot of death happened. A lot of fighting happened. Um, but I will say I am intrigued as to what will happen in the sequel. Yes. I did pre-order. So I did get the dragon in Hamlet. Oh my gosh. Which is exci- exciting. I'm like, I may not quite understand the dragon, but I'm going to get the pin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for a sequel, um, <laughs> I almost don't want to predict what will happen. Because <laughs> the dragon really threw me off. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I mean, I think I said this before, but I think the devil will make will have a greater presence in the story. He's going to be really hot, I can tell you that. I, Not I just because he's from hell. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, yes, I think, to, like I said, Tahar Mafi tends to like men with authority, and she tends to like to make them the love interests. So I do think that the devil will probably be that. Um, whether or not Hazan died. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a it. big determiner. <laughs> I, I don't think he did. I'm going to have to read the ending. I really hope I'm wrong. Because my prediction would be wholly like based on him being one of the love interests. So if he's that's dead, true. that's really going to change that's things. That's true. I'm kind of interested in what Comron does. Mm, yes. Right? Because he's kind of left in a lurch. A.K.A. is the, the person he hates the most took off with the girl he loves. His grandfather died. Yeah. Um. He just figured out his, like, his consultant, like, has been also an enemy. Like... This boy has, like, been through it. But also, he's like, my the girl I love could also be betraying me and working with the enemy kingdom this whole time. Because <laughs> she was seen with him because he has that scene where he gets jealous. Mm-hmm. Right? He sees her and he's like, why is she laughing? <laughs> I mean, he's being left with a lot of emotions. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I would be interested in see what comes of Comron's character. I think in the sequel, he'll definitely... In the wake of his father, uh, sorry, grandfather dying and, of course, things going to chaos, I think he's going to really lean into that anger and really be brutal to try to rein the chaos in. I still want the comic relief to be there, (laughs) though. I still want him to be like, you are a dumb general, you're a dumb general, you're a dumb general. I hate you all. Get out of my life. You're old, you know nothing, 
I'm a soldier. I am awesome. Yeah, basically. But yeah, in terms of like what I think could have happened to Elise in, in enemy territory, I mean, naturally she has to like figure out, she has to come into her powers and she has to come into her title, but I just can't quite predict how I think that will happen. If it's kind of going to be through Cyrus, ironically, that she kind of learns how to be a ruler, either like she learns to be either kind of evil like him. I don't even know if he's evil because we don't know that much about him. Or to be good because of him. I don't know. So I feel like he would be kind of her only way and example. And then the devil's going to be whispering things in her ear. That's going to really have her doubting certain things. Yeah, I think Elise, like, she doesn't want to be the ruler. She never really, like, a lot of terrible things have happened to her because of this. Um, so I think she'll want to be a benevolent ruler, but then the devil will be like, kill all the humans. <laughs> the devil's like, hey, it'd be really nifty. <laughs> um, but I think it'd be, int- I think it'll be interesting to see the other kingdom. And I'm assuming that like Jin tend to be more free in that kingdom and to see how magic kind of, um, affects that. Yeah. How they'll celebrate her there yeah. or welcome her. Mm-hmm. The devil's like. It would be so awesome. <laughs> it would be so cool <laughs> if you killed all the humans. <laughs> I don't like this. We are now going to be playing How Would You Survive? We have two minutes to pose two survival scenarios that pertain to this woven kingdom. Question number one is, if you were a secret ruler, like Elise in the story, how would you hide yourself within society so that you were not found by those who would kill you? Um, I would do what Elise did, except for I would be a lot better at it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be sorry. Be better. Exactly. I think it was smart of her to become a servant because who looks at servants and also ones who literally have something covering their face. Like... Honestly, like, if you're in that kind of situation, you can't help other people. So, like, the fact that she helped the kid and was like, no, it's fine. Well, I mean, the fact that Carmen saw that, I was like, oh, that's a little out there. A <laughs> <laughs> little, little special timing there. But, like, I would literally have to become, like, freaking, like, no heart. Like, something hard's in there. No helping. Yeah. <laughs> Turn off. Yeah, and then I'd never be caught, ever. Yeah, I mean, I think Elise's plan was definitely the best one to go with. Because also, too, if you're a servant of a noble house, you'd have a pretty good ear for gossip about oh, kingdoms mm-hmm. or if, like, anything had been heard about, like, a secret ruler or secret heir being in the area, you'd be like, oop, that's me. I gotta go. You know, gotta blast! <laughs> Jimmy Neutron! <laughs> and so I think she definitely had the strat, the ultimate strat, uh, I would definitely, though, like, you'd have to really commit, like you said, unfortunately, to not helping others. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. if you were a secret ruler that literally no one knows about, but if they did know about it, they'd kill you. I mean, you have to be, you have to go pretty under the radar. Well, and also, if a little kid tried to stab me, I'd be like, the audacity. <laughs> <laughs> like, excuse me? You are four foot eleven, and you think you can stab me? Yeah. Well, well, he wasn't. He was pretty tall. You are five foot six, and you think you can stab me? I think he was a little taller than that. You are six one. 
Now, our last question is, if you were a prince who's being forced to marry, what would you do? I mean, I'm always like, just make the match yourself. That's just an advantageous but good match. That way you actually get to know the person. That way you can maybe have a little bit of a connection. And if you don't have a connection, then you can just kind of lax in misery for the rest of your life. But at least you tried. Yeah, actually, I wouldn't. I already told this today, but I wouldn't mind an arranged marriage. You just, <laughs> you just said this today. <laughs> like, I really wouldn't. Like, it takes a lot of the pressure off. Like, yeah, so what? Love. What? Who cares? Like, I mean, it's it's literally, it is a business transaction. Like, as long as I didn't hate the person, like, I wouldn't mind. Thank you all so much for joining us in today's in-depth book discussion about This Woven Kingdom by Tahara Mafi. We hope that you'll join us in our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our content, don't be afraid to subscribe to the series and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, go by the handle at Kiwi and the Bird. And, and remember, like a library, at Kiwi and the Bird, shh, happens. happens.